I'm Amanda. And I'm Mike. And this, this is Saturday, Saturday Morning, Morning Cereal. What is up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Cereal. I'm Amanda, here with Mike, and this is actually kind of a special episode because we literally just watched the last episode of The Last of Us, now streaming on HBO Max, and I'm going to tell you, this show is amazing, and we're going to dive right into it. So, Mike, do you want to kick this off um, about the synopsis and the cast of the show? Absolutely. So, The Last of Us is based on the award-winning video game. It's an HBO Max series, as you said, and it follows a hardened survivor named Joel, who is tasked with smuggling a young girl named Ellie across the country in a world-ending cordyceps pandemic. We've got Pedro Pascal as Joel, Bill Ramsey as Ellie, Marlene Dandridge as Marlene, Merle Dandridge as Marlene, uh, Gabrielle Luna as Tommy, Anna Torv as Tess, Nico Parker as Sarah, Nick Offerman from Manuka as Bill, Marie Bartlett as Frank, Storm Reed as Riley, Melanie Linsky as Kathleen, Jeffrey Pierce as Perry, Kevon Woodward as Sam, Lamar Johnson as Henry, Scott Shepard as Dave, Troy Baker as James, and Ashley Johnson as Anna. So... Yeah, I mean, Nick Offerman, he's from one of our, I'm not going to say hometowns, but it's the town over from my hometown. So, you know, he's a really big deal in the local neighborhood here. Um, But his episode was, I think, one of the best things I've ever seen. It was beautiful. And again, we'll dive deep into this here in a second. But one thing I did find interesting of the show is the pandemic and how it just relates to fungus i want to talk about this opening scene first the very first scene in the series it is on a like a talk show and it is an epidemiologist talking about uh potential like uh pandemics and he talks about how you know how like viruses we fought viruses we can make uh vaccines and cures and we have all sorts of treatments and if if it's bacteria we have antibacteria and antibiotics stuff we can do but we don't have the defenses against a fungal infection. So the moment he says, well, if a fungus mutated and it evolved to live in humans for, say, the Earth got a little bit warmer. And, you know, I as an audience member is like, oh, no, I'm guilty. We're, we've been orchestrated in this. We've orchestrated as a part of this. It already sucked me in in the first scene. I went, oh, no, we messed up. We messed up. And then... We jump to the very next scene, which is kind of just a regular day in post 9-11 America, and we just see the eventual downfall of society through the eyes of Joel and Sarah. What a, just a great, what a great scene. Great, great season, great series. But yeah, just, just the way it sucked me in, I knew it was going to be great. Just just based off that first scene, I knew it was great. Well, just one question. Did 9-11 happen in this world yes so this game uh i mean <laughs> the the show it takes Same place <laughs> it takes place in 2003 so this is just uh two years after 9-11 so we've got all these procedures in safe we got the uh in place like the tsa and 
okay. uh, all that sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it is Bush's America. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So let's kick it off with some discussion here. So, Mike, what was your knowledge of the game before you watched the series? And what did you expect? Uh, well, as you know, Amanda, uh, well, my first experience w- with the game was watching your brother Matt play it at a family gathering. And I knew I've, I had heard of the game. I knew it was well regarded as one of the best games ever. Uh, a couple of years ago, I, I, I picked it up and I, I played through it on the PlayStation 4. And I was just amazed at the quality of storytelling and how fun the gameplay was and how the world was built and how the characters were fleshed out and the animation, the, the textures, the graphics, everything was top notch. It is one of the best games ever. I, I, I couldn't speak higher of it. My first impression of the game was, what the heck is this? Because I was with, obviously, you were at my house on Thanksgiving. My brother turned the game on. And that opening scene, I was like, what in the world? Like, how is this enjoyable? Because, guys, my knowledge, like, my video games is Pokemon, Animal Crossing, and, like, the occasional sucking at Mario. (laughs) So, you know, I'm not a point-and-shoot type of person at all. This game is completely out of my... I, I would never pick up this game and play it. Um, yeah, it was just... And then you were playing it, and I would sit and watch. And, you know, being just in the media arts, and I took, you know, 3D modeling, 3D animation, and, and I'm really big on just loving on graphics and stuff like that. It was so realistic-looking. And that was just with the PlayStation 4 game. And with the PlayStation 5 game, now, with it, is it remastered? Reboot? It's been remastered. I want to say it's a a remaster. Yeah, remaster. It's the the second remaster. They remastered it on PlayStation 4, and now it's been remastered on PlayStation 5. Yeah, I just, I feel like I'm moving a movie, not a video game. If that makes sense. Yeah, it it doesn't seem like kind of like a hybrid between a movie and a game because it's so seamless. Mm -hmm. Like when you when you play a game, you know, the cutscene will happen and the graphics will get really nice looking and then it'll stop and then it'll load and then you'll you'll be playing on a different level. But in this game, it's all just so seamless. It's, Mm -hmm. It's like a movie. So having played the game and its sequel, how faithful is the adaptation, Mike? So when the uh, production got this series going, I think they made a great choice in the fact that they prioritized human drama over like, you know, big spectacles and big set pieces. And they just wanted to tell a human story and they wanted us to connect with these characters and feel the impact. So I really, I really do enjoy this adaptation. And that's exactly what it is, is an adaptation from a video game into a series and they've made a lot of good calls on this with how they've changed things how they've flushed things out and the great thing about a series is is that when you're playing a video game you're never going to jump into another playable character for just a scene and experience the game through that but with a tv show you're allowed to jump through these different perspectives and follow different characters so we got like a whole episode about Bill mm-hmm. and Bill's storyline is basically like three or four pieces of dialogue in the game. But here it's like a masterpiece of an episode and 
we were both visually I don't visually cry. crying after yeah. after the show after that episode ended so i don't cry in mo- like i barely cry in movies and tv shows and you know i don't know what it is but this made me cry i was sobbing yeah, yeah i would have i would have liked to see a little bit more zombies in the show True. but um this is one of the biggest series on hpl so i imagine in season two we're gonna get a bigger budget mm-hmm. that's hope how do you like the casting for this series, Amanda? Anyone, anyone stand out? Anyone you feel like was miscast? Well, obviously, I'm still just really smitten after watching that last episode over this whole entire series. I never thought I would have loved the show as much as I did. And, I mean, Pedro Pascal, like, he is perfect as Joel. Like, I, I can't... When I, so I'm playing the game now because of how much I love the show. So I picked up the PS5 controller and now, I, I mean, I'm struggling. Mike, you've had to beat the bloaters and the stalkers for me because I suck at that. But um, yeah, it's just Pedro's uh, performance as Joel is like spot on. And there are so many parallels from the game into pedro pascal's performance as joel that he nails down and bella ramsey as ellie she is great i mean she has that drive she has that determination you know she is a tomboy and she fights for what she believes she she's great oh my gosh and everyone else i have nothing to say about anyone being miscast at all in this show um oh my gosh and nick offerman is bill and um What's his name? Kevon Woodard as Sam. Like, I want to talk about Sam. Like, uh, I mean, uh, like, uh, I, I, I have no words for that episode. Like, it was just, ugh, ugh, yeah. <laughs> so for me, one of the standout performances in the already standout cast has been um, the actor who plays Sam, Kevon Woodward. So this kit. And the, in the game, Sam is a little bit older, and he has he's he, he can hear. He's not deaf. And this this kid comes in, and he plays Sam, and he's he's uh, communicating through sign language, and he's just doing so much with his face, and he's giving the other actors such a palette to perform off of, and he is so well, and he's so empathetic. Oh, I know. What did you think about Sam? I just, I loved him, and I, I, I liked Henry, too, and I liked the dynamic they had together, and that whole, I just finished the part with Henry and Sam in the game, and I love the way they kind of recreated this character, made him deaf, actually cast a deaf actor, and they took it and ran with it, and they just gave these characters, and that that's what they do, they give these characters who are kind of just like side piece characters in the game. They give them backstories and heart and just oh, meaty personalities. Like yeah, I have I'm still like I'm still trying to find the words to some of these episodes because they were just all so great and so emotional. Did you expect that one of the best romances ever in the game would in in the show would be between two gay men? No, I mean, those guys had me crying. It was such a beautiful love story. I mean, I, oh, it's it's something that us as a society needed 
definitely, because everyone's talking about this in a positive light. And, you know, my hat goes off to the two actors that, um, like, it was just so well done. I have nothing else to say about it. I have no, no grief about anything. I have no nitpicking things at all about the story for that episode. It was perfect. Yeah, I think it was great that we saw someone who is be traditionally in those smaller towns would be kind of against the the character Bill and how they just said, you know what, this guy's gay and this is his partner and he has this little animal crossing island and then this character comes over, Frank, Frank comes over and is like, you know what, this place could use a a coat of paint and this place could use some flowers and you're going to dress nice every day and we're going to groom ourselves and we're going to eat fine food and we're just going to live our best life. Bill always, though, had the, he had the goods. He, he made himself, like, a three-course meal every night. I'm like, dang, I wish I could cook like Bill. And this was during an apocalypse. Like, dude. So, what do you think of the scope of the show? Like, the set, decorations, makeup, and cinematography, and why is this the best thing you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> um, well, if I, if I were to just nitpick a little bit, I would say that episode two is just a little flat. It feels like it was shot all in front of green screen, and I know the director of the game shot it, and um, it just seemed a little flat, a little bit green screeny. But the rest of these set pieces and these set the locations, it's all it just floods my memory, my my brain full of memories playing the game, and it feels like it's a one-to-one match. Like when you're playing the game now, do you do you recognize locations from the TV show and does it feel like like a blurred line between the two of them now? Absolutely. I was just about to say that, especially at the end of the last um like scene I played with, you know, um Henry and Sam, that part, it felt like just like the TV show. And also the whole entire part with the house the sniper in the house with Joel like sneaking in from behind. Like I had to sneak in to the house from behind. I knew to do that because of the show. <laughs> yeah, the show the show's been like a, a let's play for Amanda. It's been like a a yeah. guide. Yes. Uh, we gotta talk about this makeup, uh, specifically like the infected because yeah. they are incredible. Uh, they look just like they're out of the game, and they look and behave so uniquely for zombies, and they just look so gross, yeah. and they look moist as well. Yeah. Like, you can see, like, the moisture on the fungus, on on the prosthetics. Yeah, I and agree. they got great physical actors to perform these roles. They got the guy who played um, the mountain in Game of Thrones, I think. They got him to play a bloater. And they got this contortionist to play one of the clickers that eats Marlene up. And she can contort her body and twist around. And really great extra performances. You know, background and extras, they're really looked over in a lot of productions. But these extras and background, they, they put in the work. They did a good job in the makeup team uh, kind of mobilizing and, and implementing mm-hmm. the entire makeup process and every one of them to make them look great. It's top notch. I agree. I mean, though they they're gross in the game, they're gross in the show, <laughs> but it's good, you know. And and how about I know I was just ratting on episode two, but how about in episode two, 
when Ellie wakes up and she's just in bathed in this beautiful light, like she's our savior. She's in this angelic light and she's eating this chicken sandwich. And you got Joel and Tess hanging out in the shadows with a gun ready to shoot her because they think she's infected. Yeah. Like what a great what a great parallel. Yeah. Oh and Tess was great, yeah. And Rest how, in peace, Tess. And how about all of these like landscape shots? Yes. Specifically uh, during the uh, those the snow episode, I think episode uh, eight. I really like the city shots. I like the yes. post-apocalyptic. Um, what was it? Is Boston, right? Boston, yeah. Yeah, Boston, Philadelphia. I really like those shots because it gives you a glimpse into what could possibly happen when an apocalypse happens and we're not on this earth anymore to see it. I'm fascinated with that kind of stuff. Um, I know there's artists out there that Photoshop apocalypse like cities and my favorite are the Disney World ones that are out on there. So make sure you guys you guys can just Google them. They're fun. Being someone who doesn't typically enjoy zombies, but you enjoy horror, you enjoy the more spiritual horror, like, you know, possession movies and killer dolls, stuff like that. So what drew you into the last of us i mean i know we want to watch it to review it but when did you realize it was so profound and what what hooked you what was the moment that hooked you in the series well first of all they're not typical zombies right they're freaking fungus zombies so i found that really interesting and, and different i'm like that's so random but so scary because you put on a flipping video about ants and how this affects ants right yeah, the cordyceps virus is a real virus that infects ants, and it will infect them via spores, and it will grow through their brain and protrude out their head, and it will release hallucinogens into the ant's brain to tell it to go climb up to the highest point possible, clamp down, and just grow the fungus, and the, the fungus will pop, explode out of the ant's brain pillar up into the sky and then all the spores will fall down and infect the other ants and possibly wipe out an entire colony. Yeah. So like I said, I watched you play the game. So I was familiar with it. Um, but, and then, you know, obviously you're like, oh, let's watch The Last of Us together. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm gonna, whatever, I'll watch it. No problem. But I love angst and drama and horror. And this had everything in it. And, I mean, the angst was real in this show, and that's exactly what hooked me in. I think um, definitely was hooked in in episode one, especially episode one. Um, the excitement. Ooh, and I really love that airplane scene. Speaking of uh, special effects, um, the airplane coming in on them. Yeah, that was unexpected for me, too, playing, yeah. playing the game because it's a car crash in the game, but in the show it was an airplane that crashes into them. Like a whole Boeing 747. Like, that was cool. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I just, I loved the apocalyptic feel to it, and then just just the angst. Like, it's sad, but I don't know. There, I just like some heavy stuff sometimes. I'm weird, I know. But, um, yeah, I knew, too, it was just going to be such a good show from episode one, because the game is phenomenal, and everyone loves it that I know that have played it. Um, and they can't mess this show up. They just can't because it's such a popular game and they knew that going into the show 
and the actors took it so seriously, you can tell, and yeah, overall, I mean, I got hooked in episode one. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Mike, what are the parallels you can draw from the relationships in the show? I think the show shows relationships in a uh, in two ways. It shows a protector, and it shows a must-be-protected, a vulnerable person. So you've got Henry and Sam, Sam being the one who needs to be protected. You've got Bill and Frank, with, with Frank being the one who needs to be protected. And you've got Ellie and Joel, and Ellie's the one who needs to be protected. And throughout the show, they've they've shown, like, what happens to you when you lose someone you love, and you can't protect them anywhere, and you fail. And they've done such a good job of just teeing that up and having Joel experience loss through others' eyes and seeing how that rationalizes with him uh, later in the series. So, Amanda, what do you think the show says about our society? And do you see any parallels between the real pandemic and this Cordyceps pandemic? Oh, absolutely. Like you said, the first episode with the intro, I thought I was watching a COVID commercial. Seriously, I thought it was a COVID commercial before the show started, you know, and it's just so relevant to today. Um, this last episode, they were talking about like immunity and all this scientific jargon that, you know, is relevant to the COVID, you know, pandemic, the vaccine, everything. Um, and it's just like, it's just scary how it was a super spreader in the show and COVID was a super spreader here. Like, I mean, obviously no one turned into fungus zombies, but people didn't really take it seriously, and look what happened. Same thing with COVID, you know? And it came in our food, which is something the government really has no real response to. I mean, we can do a recall, but, you know, no one's going to go around and figure out every single piece of food that could be contaminated and burn it, like... Like in the show, right? In the show, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the show, like, and we don't know the context of how the infection spread in the game, but in the show, it was all spread through yeast, right? Flour. Yeah, flour, yeah. Cause flour from uh, Malaysia, yes? Yeah, and, I, th- like, I think the moment I was hooked, now that I think about it, was when his daughter went next door to bake cookies, and the old lady was acting crazy. And that's when I was like... How did she get infected if nobody... And then it was explained, you know, everyone consumes flour daily. I mean, I would probably be a zombie by now. Oh, I've been a zombie ten I times over. Do- I just had a donut from Red Robin. Like, here we go. I can't picture a world without carbs, Amanda. I know. I'm Italian and I need my carbs, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean... And, and Mike, what sort of dominoes did the show put down to set up Joel's decision in the final episode that we just watched? And I'm still not over because... The character so arc conflicted. the character arc for Joel is just uh, so well done. So, in the first episode, Joel f- fails to protect Sarah. So, he fails to protect his daughter. And he just has this terrible loss in his life. So... Years go by, and he, he can't feel that loss, and he's emotionally unavailable. He meets up with Tess, and they kind of have just, you know, some semblance of a relationship. But then he meets Ellie, and he's still not ready to accept anyone 
to be emotionally vulnerable with him and to love back. And then we meet, we meet Bill and Frank. And what was cool about Bill and Frank is because it showed Joel what would happen if you could just kind of skate by in this apocalypse and you found someone you could take care of and you provide for them and you take care of each other. You could, you could live a good life still. You could thrive. You, if you found someone to protect and they, they could enrich your life, you could live. And then when, it, when you're old enough and you've, you've had your fill, you could go, okay, I'm out. And that's what Bill and Frank did. Mm-hmm. Then we meet Henry and Sam. And we get to see what happens again what, uh, for Joel when he sees someone else suffer a loss. And he sees losing Sam as a failure. And he sees what what's going to happen to him again. Like, he can't be emotionally open to loving Ellie like a daughter because he, he, he knows when you get close to someone, they die. That's the world he lives in. So it just reinforces that. Then, what happens next? We meet, we get to the, uh, we get to Jackson, right? And when we get to Jackson, we, we realize, you know, the society is still kind of holding on here. And there's, there could be, like, great things that, that happen if, you, if we stick together and we help each other out. And we, we could thrive in a community like that. And then he meets his brother, Tommy. And he hasn't seen Tommy in years. But Tommy's going to be a dad. Tommy's going to have everything that Joel couldn't have. Joel has been a smuggler. He's been going to a quarantine zone. He's been doing shit jobs in the quarantine zone. Literally shit jobs. And his brother just got everything. He's got a wife. He's got a daughter. Uh, a, a kid on the way. And it just, it just adds to that, that decision he makes later on. And then we get to the cannibal episode. <gasps> and it's the first episode where... Where Ellie finally demonstrates like real love to Joel and she sticks around to save Joel because she knows like you when you love someone you're there till the end with them and that's something Ellie learned from her friend Riley mm-hmm. so Ellie saves Joel and it instigates this mutual love like they they love each other Joel understands that Ellie will do anything for him, and he has to do anything he can to protect Ellie. Mm-hmm. So then we get to the final episode, and it is Ellie's turn to be the savior and to save everyone in the world. But the problem is, is that she is Joel's world. Mm-hmm. She is all that Joel has. Joel doesn't have anyone else. This is his last tie to humanity, to being a, a person and not just a husk. Mm-hmm. So... When he when he's given the, the news that she has to die in order to help spread the cure, he can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And he just he just breaks her out of that hospital and he, he kills anyone in his way because he cannot accept another loss. He cannot have another Sarah. He he wants a life like there there is in Jackson. He wants a life like Bill and Frank had. He cannot accept loss anymore. It's just the way they put these dominoes in place, every episode just adds to this moment. Mm-hmm. And when it all comes coming down, you just go, you know what? I would have done the same thing. Like, screw the world, you know? I need what's what all I have left. What about you, Amanda? Would you 
if I was on that operating table, would you have come in and saved me, or would you have saved the world? I don't know, and I hate that how you, you had to question me this at 9.30 at night. <laughs> um, I, wow, that was, I did not even realize any of that, so I'm really glad that you pointed that out. Like, wow, yeah, and I was just so, like, I was mad at him, but I, yet I understood him at the end of the episode. Like, I'm still sitting here trying to process what I watched. Because I was like, he took what Ellie, the, the mission Ellie wanted, and he just, he was selfish about everything. But yet I understand why he did it. And I'll be really curious to see when I play part two how the rest of the story is going to play out. Um, yeah, wow, that was really a really good um, connection you made right there. So, Amanda, is Joel a bad guy? for making this choice they sure shot it like he was a bad guy yeah they shot it like he was darth vader mount plowing through rebels like see my immediate reaction was yeah like come on joel seriously like you, you this is the whole world you're talking about and obviously ellie knew that she was ready to help everybody if it meant her own demise. But she was naive about how it would work, though. Remember, true. remember, she, she cut her own hand and stuck it into Sam's wound in mm-hmm. an attempt to cure it. She didn't know how any of this worked. Exactly. She grew up in a, she grew up in a, in ruins of what was already a failed education system right. at the federal school. So she doesn't know how any of this science works out. Yeah. We don't know. But. You know, I don't think he, I know why he did it. I feel bad for him. And I just hope like something good can happen for Joel here in part two. (laughs) So Amanda, we both cried at the end of episode three with Bill and Fred. And it was beautiful to me because how I thought about spending the last day of my life with someone I love and the kind of things we would do together. So I know you talk about the notebook all the time and how it's like a pinnacle for you about like a happy death. Yes. So which which story do you prefer about tragedy and love suicide deaths? So, okay. Well, the notebook came out when I was in high school. I was obsessed with Ryan Gosling and all my girlfriends. We all loved that movie because Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams is freaking amazing in it too. And the story is great. However, that doesn't really happen in real life, that romance. I mean, it does, but I don't know. you got to work for some of your stuff. You can't just really sit around and wait. You know, I think of, when I think of The Notebook, I think of it kind of just um, too good to be true kind of movie, which is why it's a great movie, for, especially, you know, when you're young and in high school, you're just like, I want that kind of a love story. However, Bill and Frank's, love story in this movie is so realistic i mean everything down to trying to survive and when i say survive it's just not it's not because of an apocalypse i mean you can try to serve like right now the world stinks and you know if you're trying to survive financially you're trying to survive together you know whatever whatever you're going through right now you try to find the best in life you try to think of the positives and when you have the person you love beside you, you guys fight for it. You fight for the life you want. And, you know, if things are hard, you keep trying to keep going, right? 
and the end you know was just it was beautiful at the end i i know there's people that have reservations about like that kind of a death however yeah yeah i think it was just really beautiful and obviously i love it more than the notebook (laughs) amen yep (laughs) so what are some positives and negatives for you from the show uh, the positives are practically everything. The performances, the, the cast, the story, the sets, the cinematography, the editing, the structure. Everything's great. I would, Like I said before, I just want a little bit more zombies. And the reason I say that is because some, you know, the zombies are just there in the game for you to kill. And uh, sometimes in the game, the zombies will be the the story point at which something dramatic happens and that's important and you haven't played this part in the game yet but when you play the ellie alone part where she first meets david in the woods um and she after she shoots the deer she's waiting there with uh with david after they they shoot the deer and then there's this horde of zombies that come and attack them in the game and you team up with david and you fight off a hundred zombies and you kind of have like a small bond for a minute and you kind of start to trust him so then later in the game it's revealed that you know he's eating people he's a monster he's a predator all of these things it kind of was more it was more of a slap in the face to your trust in him and that was the only kind of downfall the only kind of downfall i can think about the show in comparison to the game, but I could understand someone who hasn't played the game watching this and liking everything about it. Mm-hmm. So, Amanda, not being a, a gamer outside of Pokemon and Animal Crossing, like you said, what made you want to pick up a PlayStation 5 controller and play this story as a game? Are you enjoying it more or less than the show? And do you recommend non-gamers pick up the game? Uh, well, I really wanted to know more of the story. I wanted to know more of the characters. I know you, when, while we were watching the show, you would say like, oh, that was in the game or that's not in the game. And I wanted to see how, you know, things were portrayed differently in the game or in the show. Um, so it's been really fun to kind of compare and contrast the game and the movie or not the movie, the television show. Um, I'm very much enjoying it. It's, really hard and it's very stressful um i play it only when mike is home because i do not recommend it for non-gamers unless you have a boyfriend that knows how to play point and shoot games and can help you with bloaters and stalkers (laughs) the stalkers are great i mean the the variety of enemies in the game is great because you have the bloaters which are very loud and slow and you can see them coming, but there's they have so much defensive capabilities, and they take a while. But then you got the runners who just overwhelm you with like numbers, and then you've got the clickers, who you have to kind of you have to employ stealth to defeat sometimes, and then you've got the stalkers, who are who are stealthing you, and you have to be aware of all of your angles, all your surroundings, and yeah. sometimes you have to lay traps to take them out. So. That's why I had such a, and this is like totally going off topic here, but that's why I had kind of a hard time playing Pokemon Arceus at first, is like, it's just that cognitive, like, aware of your surroundings type of game, and when I have things charging at me, 
and I have to like try to like pick up a gun and stuff. Like it is so hard for me, but I'm getting the hang of it though, right? You said I was doing good last night. Right? Amanda, Amanda is learning. She's doing great, folks. So I'm very proud of her. Yeah. Um, maybe she'll pick up more games. Uh, she, she, we have the Uncharted games. Yeah. And we haven't played them yet, but maybe we'll we'll play them together. Yeah. No, that's, that's also from Naughty Dog. This dude that makes The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. So, do you have a favorite episode? Oh boy! So I think every episode is great, but I would say two is just a little bit less great than the other episodes. Um, but for me, the the episode that encompasses everything that the show's about, which is personal drama, zombies, spectacle, and loss and grief, is episode four with Henry and Sam. I feel like that episode is everything that the show is about, and it was it was just great. I really liked um, not not this not this last episode, but the episode with the cannibals in it, just because I really the angst, the horror, the story like of just Ellie trying to get out, and then Joel trying to break out of his you know haze of being stabbed, the penicillin seeping in, um, and him trying to go save her. I I mean. As grossed out and weirded out of that episode I was, I enjoyed it. Like, that was my cup cup of tea. So <laughs> horror movie buff. <laughs> so when did you did you when did you pick up that they were eating people? When, when did you pick up on it? When the ear was on the ground. Um, you found out at the same time as Ellie. Yeah, it did. So that the one part that I did kind of question why the guy. Um, they were like, what's for supper? And he was like apprehensive and he was like venison. And I was just like, okay, like whatever. And it, it, yeah, in, in retrospect, those meat chunks were pretty big. Um, <laughs> that whole episode was just, it gave me like midsummer, like hereditary, whatever vibes. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was fun. It was a fun one for me. Uh, I yeah, I really enjoyed that episode as well, and the last episode too. Um, it's just the it's just heavy. It's heavy. Yes, I did. Yeah. These these are great episodes, folks. Yeah. So Amanda, what would you say is the theme of the show? What what message has been conveyed to you just finishing the show? Definitely, um, dealing with grief and loss, and how you kind of um take control of your life trying to get by when it comes to just like really heavy grief. Um, I recently lost my rabbit a month ago and I'm still sad about it. Um, I mean, there were the, that first week I didn't know how I was going to make it for the rest of my life. Honestly. Um, I had him for seven years. Um, but I mean, I don't, obviously I lost my grandpa who I was really close with. Um, but like as far as like losing somebody, like just you know in a really horrible way like Joel did you know we just kind of see his grieving and mentality process through all of that and it just it's like Mike you pointed out um all comes to light at the last episode here with how he handled everything with and, and sacrificing um saving the world basically for his own um I don't know he he's protecting himself what do you think? I think the theme, yes, I would, I would plug you in the back with the 
saying that the show is about love, but I mean uh, grief. But I would say the show is about love. And as Vision yeah, said, what is grief if not love persevering, right? Wanda. <laughs> so this show is about love. Um, love between romantic love, but love between brothers. Love between uh, lovers and love between a daughter and uh, her father. And the kind of extremes you'll do for love. Um, Yeah, I mean... I I love that. Like, I love... um, I love when it's not too romantic love. I love family love, too. I love it when there's siblings that have each other back. Like Thor and Loki, Anna and Elsa. Like, I I just love sibling love. And, you know, a father-daughter relationship. You know, I love girl dads. Um, And then, yeah, like... Those relationships, love isn't always, it doesn't have to be romantic, you know? It can be completely, even just, like, someone that are friends, like, best friends, like Ellie and um, Riley. Oh, they were more than friends. They were more than friends, but, you know, that was until the end, but they still, like, loved each other and, you know. I think it also needs to be explored that there's a such thing as bad love, and we knew that David loved the people that were with him, the group he was a part of, he loved yes. them, but he, he took their love and he manipulated it and he used it against them. And we also saw, saw how, how much Joel loved Ellie and how that is kind of humanity's downfall is because we're so selfish. And now Ellie knows that too. Like she's very skeptical of what happened at the Fireflies camp. Yeah, it's a big lie. So, well, I'll be curious to see her attitude with Joel going forward here. And last but lo- not least, Mike, what are your hopes for the second season? Oh, I hope they continue the great work that they've done. I hope they, they give it the time it deserves to to tell the story if they want. I hope that they can make uh, Bella Ramsey look a little bit older. Yeah. She does look 14 in the show. That's, that's great. But uh, Ellie in the game at that point is 19 so oh, wow. hopefully they uh they can make a little bit older but bella ramsey is 19 so probably not much of a stretch to make her look that age mm-hmm. oh yeah I think and i i hope they uh i won't talk about anything that happens in the second game because i just want amanda to go in with a fresh mind but i really hope they nail that that casting i was talking about how the second game is kind of like a Zuko and Aang situation where there's like a dual antagonist, a dual protagonist, and I hope that whoever plays that character is just a phenomenal actor. And there's already been kind of speculation about who it is according to Instagram. So, yeah. And I hope they, they step up the zombies. And I, I can't wait to see these other forms of zombies that we haven't seen. I think there's. There's another form of zombies in the game, in the second game, that are kind of like giant sponges. Oh, great. And they kind of just walk up to you and explode with spores. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> and then I know in the, the concept art for the first game, there is a uh, zombie that walks on all fours. And it walks on all fours by bending backwards. And oh. the fungus spires out of its stomach. And it's oh. kind of like that fire column I was talking about on the the ants with cordyceps and the fungus falls from that so I'd like to see that I want to see different forms of zombies um 
I want to see, and I want to see more Joel and Ellie, and I want to see more Tiny Ellie because in the game, not to spoil anything, but there's a lot of flashbacks to younger Ellie, um, with her and Joel between the two games, and I cherish those moments, and I hope to see them on the screen. That's awesome. What about you, cowgirl? No, I'm excited. Like. I, I really just want to finish the first game now just so I can dive into the second game. And I was just asking you right before we started recording here. I'm like, so is it in production yet? And you were like, absolutely not. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm so excited for the second part. <laughs> but anyway, I know this was such a good show. And if you have seen it and you've watched it, please let us know what you thought of the show and how it did the game pretty good so yeah again let us know next week we have an exciting episode we saw scream six yesterday and we'll be talking about that film and i feel like every single season of this podcast we have a scream episode (laughs) i mean no one's complaining right i mean they're fun movies so don't want to miss that out hope you guys have a good week and we'll talk to you next time